Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Dietetics with Dana. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast where I'm chatting all things RD exam. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering a domain, one topic that I find a lot of my students have as a trouble area, and that is research. We don't like these questions. We get frustrated with these questions. And a big reason why I see people get frustrated with these questions is because they're not laying down a strong foundation. The first thing you need to be doing when you're going over research is making sure that you can define the different types of research studies. And that's not giving me the definition out of Gene Inman. That's not giving me the definition out of Google. That is really giving me the definition that works for you. Because if you're not able to explain back what something is, whether it's research or another topic, you're really not fully understanding. And remember, for this exam, we want to be actually knowing about the topics versus just memorizing because that's going to give us more mobility in the topic. So let's take this episode to break down some of the different types of research studies. The first one to be chatting about is meta-analysis. So if I'm putting meta-analysis into my own terms, explaining it to someone, I would say a meta-analysis is almost like the summary of what the available research is saying about a topic. Here, I'm not doing an intervention. What I'm doing is I'm looking at research that's already been done on a topic, and I'm saying, well, what is this research showing? And to figure out what research studies I'm going to look at, I'm going to have inclusion, exclusion criteria. So you probably remember seeing some of these charts in school where you're starting out with all studies that are about a topic, and then you're breaking them down into just randomized controlled trials. Because remember, it has to be the same study type. So it could be any of the types. Let's, for this example, say we want randomized controlled trials on pork consumption and colon cancer from 2018 to 2016 in North America in men, right? So I would start with all of the research done on colon cancer and pork, and then I would kind of cinch it down. And with my meta-analysis, like I said, I'm looking at what is the research saying? Is the research finding that in those inclusion criteria that most studies are saying, oh, there's an increased risk of colon cancer or decreased risk of colon cancer? And when we're thinking about the strength of a study, Meta-analysis is our strongest one, and this isn't to get confused with randomized control trial, which is the next one we'll talk about as the gold standard, which it still is, but this is saying a meta-analysis because it's looking at multiple research studies in the space. It's looking at what's been done. This is a better one to base our practice off of, right, because there's always going to be one study that says something weird. So I want to say, well, on average, what is you know, the research saying about this specific topic. And that is what we want to be using as dietitians because there's always going to be the study that says something really bizarre, you know, so we want to make sure we're basing our recommendations on what is the overall direction of the research. The next type of research study to touch on is the randomized controlled trial, the RCT. As we said in the meta-analysis section, yes, this is the gold standard. And the reason it's the gold standard is because of the design. With the randomized control trial, I'm saying I have two groups, they're matched, and I'm controlling every single aspect of this study besides 
the fact that one group is getting the intervention and one group is not. This is an experimental study because I am going to give someone something. So within randomized controlled trial, we have two different types. And so the first type of the randomized controlled trial is going to be a parallel design. Now, this is the one we're most familiar with. We have our randomized group. We separated them into match, um, matching groups. And what group A is getting the intervention, group B is not. Everything is the same besides that. And they go in the study at the same time. We follow them along and then we get our examples. Now, the other one that we forget about a lot, but I do have a lot of students get questions on is our crossover design. And this is not to be confused with cross-sectional, right? Cross-sectional is just one point in time. My crossover design is very similar to my randomized control trial parallel design. I'm still starting with that group and then I'm dividing them into two groups, still, still matched, and one group is getting the intervention, one group's getting the placebo, but then we enter the cross period. And in this cross period, we're having a washout, which is meaning no one's getting any intervention. And then the groups are switching. Now the group that got the placebo is now gonna get the intervention. The group that was getting the drug is now getting the placebo. And they go into a second wave of this study. And so with the parallel design, a big benefit is that it's much shorter in duration, but I need more people. Versus in the crossover design, I actually need less people because each person counts as two and there's less variability because I'm my own match control, but it's so much longer. We have that period one, we have the washout and then period two. So it's much longer, but again, different pros and cons for each. And that's typically what I'm getting my students having questions on um, about kind of the different pros and cons. Now, the next one I wanna go over in this class is thinking about cohort, because this is, again, one of the most common ones. We said meta-analysis, RCT, and then the last one we'll talk about in this podcast episode is cohort because a lot of people are getting this wrong. So when we're thinking about cohort, now this is a correlational study. I'm not doing any intervention here. This is gonna be an observational study. And remember with the word cohort, this is saying one group. I'm not dividing anyone into a group. This is one group. They all have to have something in common. And so when we're thinking about that cohort group, I'm just observing them and looking to kind of see when they're having, you know, an exposure to something and then the results of a disease. So this can be retrospective, meaning I'm looking backwards. So this could be like a chart review on a cardiology clinic patients doing a chart review to see those who had heart attacks, you know, what were they doing? It could also be a prospective study where we could say something like we're going to follow pregnant women look at how much coffee they drink and then we're going to see who has birth defects so we're just kind of following these people along i'm not doing any intervention so in this episode we went over meta-analysis randomized control trial and cohort study and this is how I want you to go over the remaining studies. Don't forget, 
that we have our crossover, we also have our case control, and then also our quasi-experimental, which don't worry, will be covered in a future podcast episode. But if you know that research is a trouble area for you, definitely check out my research class. That will bring you not only through the different types of research studies, but it will also talk about our statistical analysis as well. And you'll leave that class also with a study guide. I'll link to that in the show notes. And if you use the code research five, you'll get $5 off that course. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Dietetics with Dana. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified of new episodes. And don't forget to join the Facebook page or find us on Instagram at Dana JF Nutrition. Happy studying.